logos and artworks in the Unix world. Where do those come from? We're gonna try to analyze a bunch of popular Unix mascots and logos. So throughout my research I could distinct two groups of mascots and logos. And even though it's not fun to have a binomial vision of the world, some sort of black and white fallacy thing, but yeah, this is what it is, and this is what I found, and it's mostly what it is. I'm Vinam, and you're listening to The Nixers Podcast. Before starting, let's state a fact. Most logos slash mascots have names. We mainly have two types of logos, the abstract type of logo and the animal type of logo. The abstract type is applied to the newest type of logo. There was a sort of transition at some point, which I couldn't really target, where animal logos stopped being popular. The idea behind those logos, the abstract one, are not always obvious. Usually they're fuzzy, maybe even lacking a meaning, and you have to do some sort of research to understand the meaning behind them. It's abstract, so sometimes you can imagine whatever you want out of it. Some good examples are the Ubuntu logo, a centric circle with other circles around it, and it represents a, a group of people holding hands which, which isn't that apparent at first look. The Manjaro logo is also pretty abstract, maybe in the form of an M, or maybe it's not an M. You don't know. A more discussed one is the Debian logo, which name is the Swirl. It's a simple brush, a GIMP brush to be precise. Debian also have a restricted, aka only for commercial use type of logo used for CD covers, for example. And it's a sort of urn or lamp, and the Swirl comes out of it, a genie coming out of a lamp, sort of. The Arch Linux logo is kind of abstract also, but has a meaning behind it. It's a literal arch. Well, pretty apparent, right? This is a common pattern to represent whatever the name of the software or project into the logo or ma mascot itself. And there's a misconception that under the Arch logo lies a big fat man. However, that's just a misconception that can be put aside just by looking into the history of the logo. The older versions had a differently shaped curve arch, which doesn't look like the current one. One even has tucks sliding on an arch, and yet another one was an architectural arch with a white rabbit under it, which is probably a reference to Alice in Wonderland following the rabbit. Why use an arch? The architecture of an arch is at the same time fragile while solid. If you move one brick it falls, but the structure as a whole is solid. Which is a good metaphor in my opinion for how Arch Linux is a rolling release. Talking about animals, like the white rabbit, brings us to the second category, animals and creatures. The animal ones are usually older than abstract ones with deeper and richer history, so let's go over some famous ones. The Linux mascot is quite popular, Tux the penguin. The idea dates back to 1996 during a discussion in the kernel mailing list KML, so you can guess it was discussed by developers and not designers. 
Alan Cox was the person who brought the suggestion of having a logo. The first few iterations they made were based on mocking other operating systems. For example, there was one that looked like the Windows logo but ended with an L. One had a shark in it, one had an eagle, a bunch of animals. This was a big brainstorm until Linus Torvald mentioned that he liked penguins. And then it settled it. Why animals? This makes you wonder why the O'Reilly books have the tradition of adding different animals on all their covers. Anyway, then finally Tux the Penguin was born. This was named by a dude called James Huge. Tux stands for Torvald's Unix, kind of self-centric way of doing it. The mascot was supposed to be chosen via context, which there were many, but no one actually won any of them, so the mascot isn't really official. The current version we see a lot online was made by Larry Ewing, which he made using the first version of GIMP, V0.54. Now let's talk about GIMP. That little character in the GIMP icon is their mascot and its name Wilbur. It was created in 1997, around the same time as Tox, and drawn by Tuomas Kuosmanen, with GIMP itself, obviously. Let's move to the GNU mascot now. Same here, not much imagination. A gnu is an animal, a species of antelope. Maybe Richard Stallman had that in mind when coming up with the, his project name, or maybe he did not. There are two versions of the gnu logo. The first one was drawn by Etienne Suvasa. I didn't find the exact date of its release. The second one dates back to 2001 and drawn by Peter Jorwinski. It's a simplified form of the first version. And as with any logo, like the GNU logo, the goal is that if you're shown the logo alone, you can distinctively know what it's about, what project we're talking about. Unlike abstract art that need to be accompanied by their project name to embody a sort of project spirit and soul. Anyway, on the same note, the FreeBSD mascot has something of the sort. Don't be confused because their current logo is an abstracted version of their older one. The original mascot is called Beastie a distorted pronunciation of BSD. It's a BSD demon, but literally an evil demon. A play on word. A little red demon holding a pitchfork. It was drawn by John Lasseter, which used to work at Disney in 1983, when he met with one of the early BSD developers, Sam Leffler. Though historically the mascot idea dates back to way earlier to 1976 drawn by Phil Foglio as a payment for a locksmith's job by some BSD fan or developer. Anyway, you can look into that. Tatsumi Hosakawa drew some new version of the mascot because there were issues with the old ones, which was thought to be too complex for logo, was too colorful and wasn't unique to the free BSD community. So in 2005 a new logo came out, drawn by Anton Gurel, an abstracted version of Beastie's head. You can find it on the FreeBSD official website, it's a 3D glossy head with horns. However, it was mentioned that this was a new logo, but not a new mascot. FreeBSD wants to, and will keep Beastie as its mascot. As I mentioned, Beastie wasn't used for FreeBSD only, but for many BSD. For instance, it was used for OpenBSD. The current OpenBSD logo and mascot is a pufferfish named Puffy. But before that, like other projects, it went through iterations of testing which consisted of versions of Beastie. Theo Derat assigned Eric Green to design a more special version of it. 
For BSD 2.3, he was only able to do Beastie's Head, sort of a 3D-like version, shown on the cover of their CD. And for BSD 2.4, he finished the rest of the body and the pitchfork. The mascot had an added halo over its head to personify the system high security. Then they settled for Puffy after many iterations, which fits more in the culture. It has spikes representing the intention of OpenBSD. They also include a set of artworks and music for every new OpenBSD release, which is nice. Beastie was also used for the Darwin operating system, but as of 2000 they went for a modified version called Hexley, the Platypus. It mimics the BSD demon by wearing a cap resembling the demon's horn and carrying a trident. The name Huxley is a misspelling of the name Thomas Henry Huxley, a 19th century English biologist which was a well-known champion of Charles Darwin's theory of evolution, nicknamed Darwin's Bulldog. Now what about Plan 9 for example? Their mascot is also an animal. It's a little bunny called Glenda, a reference to a movie called Glenn or Glenda, which is about sex, change and transsexuality. It was designed by one of the Plan 9 creator's wife, Rob Pike's wife, Renee French. The name of the operating system was also inspired by a movie, Plan 9 from Outer Space, so it's not surprising that the mascot is represented with a space helmet. Renee also designed the Go programming language mascot, just as a note. What do icons and logos mean nowadays? More and more persons are interacting with computers. It isn't like the way it was. Computer users aren't just made of a close community of developers or hobbyists. Mascot used to be visual clues that showed you belong to a certain group, but now it is synonym with an icon. The icon you press on the screen to access a program. User wants and probably need a simple design that can easily be recognized everywhere. This partly explained the flat icon movement. Moreover, it's so trendy that there are logos for everything, any event, any incidents, anything. Just check the next time where there's an O-Day or malware or box spreading around. Why are we doing that? Because it's appealing visually, it catches the eyes of normal users, it means that the public can refer to the thing with just a logo. Logos and artworks aren't that meaningful anymore in the sense that they don't regroup individuals, the central point of a group with their norms and mentalities. So this is it about logos and artworks. Hope you enjoyed it. And there's a lot of history behind all the logos and mascot I mentioned. I just scrapped the tip of the subject. So if you're interested, go out and look for more information and maybe even contribute to the discussion thread. Thank you. It was Vinam for the Nixers podcast. Mm -hmm.